Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Spiritual Warriors, welcome to War in the Spirit podcast. I'm Faith Cawthon Green. I want to just take a moment to say that I pray that you all had a blessed Thanksgiving holiday. I want to take a moment to welcome any new listeners that we have, those who are new to the podcast. I also want to encourage you that if you're new to the podcast, to go back and listen to previous episodes um, because generally I build on the content that we've covered in previous episodes as the episodes progress. So if you go back and you listen to the other episodes prior to listening to the newest episode, it'll give you greater context into what we're talking about today. Um, So you are listening to episode number eight. And today we're talking about reaping the harvest. So Every episode, I like to go back and recap some of the previous episodes just to remind you of what we're building on. Um, So in episodes four, five, and six, we talked about breakthrough, um, the context in which and the components in which you can produce a breakthrough, the things that you need to understand in order to produce a breakthrough. Um, And in episode number seven, which was last week's episode, we talked about the difference between Kairos time and Kronos time and the fact that Kairos time is a divinely designated time for something to happen. So God has a divinely designated time For you to break through to the other side of what God has for you, for you to break through to another level in the spirit and for you to break through to your harvest. So now that brings us to reaping the harvest. Let's start by talking about the definition of harvest or reaping the harvest. Harvesting is the process of gathering a ripe crop from the fields. Reaping is the cutting of grain or pulse for harvest, typically using a scythe, a sickle, or a reaper. Um, Also, uh, harvesting is to cut with a sickle or other implement or machine, as in harvest, to gather or take a crop to get as a return, a recompense, or result to reap large profits. So what does harvest have to do with what we've been talking about in context of breakthrough, in context of the Kairos versus the Kronos time? Well, your harvest is actually the manifestation from your breakthrough. Your harvest is the overflow, the abundance, the new level that you've broken into as a result of your breakthrough process. And so in order to receive the harvest, you must first be able to discern that your season of harvest has arrived. That is your Kairos moment. And then you also have to be able to discern how to reap the harvest. Let's look at Mark 11, 12 through 14. It says the next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves. 
because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. So let's look at this. Here Jesus was. He was hungry. He was seeking fruit. And he saw this tree in a distance. So Jesus sees us in the distance. He's looking at us. And then when he comes up on us, when we have an encounter with him, he is looking to see if we will produce any fruit. And when he approaches us, if he does not find fruit, then he knows it's not our time to break through. It's not our time to reap the harvest. This is why it's important to be able to discern your season of harvest, your kairos moment, the time for you to break through. Because if you do not complete the full process of the breakthrough, you will not produce the fruit that God has intended for you to produce in your purpose in your life, in your promises. Um, so it's important that we not try to circumvent the process that God wants us to go through because that process is preparing us to manage the harvest that God is wanting to give us. Now let's look at Genesis 8:22. It says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. What this is saying is that there is a season for everything. There is a season for seed time. And in order to reap a harvest, you must first plant seeds. You must first go through a process of growth so that your fruit may manifest and be harvested. In order to reap the harvest, you must first be able to discern between the good thing and the God thing. You see, the practical thing may get you a destination, but the God thing will get you to the destination. You see, some things in life may look good, but that doesn't mean that they are the God thing. They may just be the good thing. That thing may not even be the harvest that God intended for you to have. That's why it's very important that you discern your harvest season, that you stay connected to God so that he can show you when is the time for you to be pulled out of the process. When is the time for your Pleru Kairos, when you have completed your process fully in time? Like I said, the practical thing may get you to a destination, but the God thing will get you to the destination. You see, when you move in your practical thinking, in your practical ways, you may or may not reach a destination that is desired. But if you follow God, you will absolutely reach a destination because you are under God's will to get you to the designated destination for you. The practical route may take you decades to arrive at the desired destination, but the God route can just place you in your destination. That's the thing about Kairos is that you can circumvent the practical process to get to a destination if you follow God's will and God's instruction because God can place you in that thing. You can go from being a thousandaire to being a millionaire in less than a year under God's instruction. Whereas if you follow the practical instruction, it may take you decades to get to that point. Reaping time requires the ability to discern the fruit that is ripe to be picked 
also. So some fruit needs to be left on the vine. If you pick the fruit before it's time, your harvest will be sour, bitter. See, when you move ahead of God, your harvest will be bitter because even though you reap the harvest, it wasn't ripe. It is God who makes the fruit sweet. It is God who takes you through the process and decides that you are prepared and ready to be picked off the vine and placed into purpose. If you attempt to step into the purpose without completing the process, you will not be ripe and prepared to walk it out. And when you don't see the results you desired because you moved ahead of God, you become bitter. So your fruit will not be ripe. It will be bitter. And there's something else to be said about being able to discern the fruit in your life that is ripe to be picked. This also speaks to opportunities in your life. There are some opportunities that it's not the time for. There are also some opportunities that it may never be the time for. This is why it's very important that you discern what fruit is to be picked from the vine for you because everything is not the God thing. Even though it's a good thing, it doesn't mean it's the God thing. And even though it looks like a good thing doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good thing that could be bait that the enemy is placing there to stray you off of the course that God wants you to follow so let's look at Luke 21 uh, 29 through 31 it says he told them this parable here we go looking at the fig tree again look at the fig tree and all the trees When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Here it is another indicator to show you that you must be keen in your discernment to determine the times of God. When the harvest season is here, when the kingdom of God is here, when your Kairos moment has arrived. And now let's look at John 15, 5 through 8. It says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So here, again, it's reiterating what I just said about God being the one to produce the fruit and make it sweet. And if it's picked off of the vine and you move ahead of God, your fruit will be bitter. And here it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away. You are the branch. We are the branches that we hold the fruit. But without the vine, we can do nothing. God is the vine. The vine produces the branches, which produce the fruit. Without the vine, we can do nothing. The vine feeds the fruit so that it can grow, so that it can become ripe. But if we move ahead of God, if we detach ourselves from the vine, from the source, then our harvest cannot be produced. So how do you determine what your harvest is? Because sometimes what we think is the harvest is actually 
the reaping tool to bring in the harvest. So sometimes we think, oh, God bless me with a car or God bless me with some money or God bless me with a new job or a new position. And we believe that that is the harvest. But sometimes that's just a tool that will help us reap and bring in the actual harvest that God has for us. So what you would typically deem to be the harvest may actually be a tool. You get a new car and you might think, oh, I'm, I've stepped into my harvest season because God has brought me a new vehicle. But the car is actually a tool for you to travel to speaking engagements that are going to result from your actual harvest. The car is really just a tool. But if you don't continue to stand in a posture of reaping, if you stop at the car and you just assume, okay, this is what God had to give me. This is what God wanted me to have. Then you may miss out on the actual harvest that you were supposed to reap. Now, let's talk about types of harvest. This is why your connection to God is so important because there's so many things that are occurring in the spirit that we need to be enlightened on and we're walking through life oftentimes completely oblivious to the move of God to the momentary move of God and what is happening in the spirit to work either in our favor or either to oppose us this is why we must stay connected because God will enlighten us into the things of the spirit so that we are able to discern what is happening around us in our lives that is affecting our breakthrough and our harvest and our purpose and then we're able to respond in the proper way to that thing so if it's opposition then you respond in a certain way if it's a harvest that that needs to be reaped you respond in a certain way but you can't respond appropriately if you're disconnected from God So again, let's talk about the types of harvest. See, there is the harvest of purpose. There is the harvest of promises. And there is the harvest of soul. See, we always oftentimes misconstrue harvest to think that it's something material um, that we're looking to get from God, a promise of God. So something like a new home or money or more children in your family That might be the harvest in your mind that you're trying to reap. But there are multiple different types of harvest. So let's talk about the harvest of purpose. This is a harvest where God is placing you into a specific position, your jurisdiction, in which you are to accomplish the purpose that he has on your life. So let's look at Matthew 9, 37 through 38. It says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So your purpose is to be a worker for the kingdom. And you might find your harvest in your purpose. And what that might look like is new access, new elevation, new um, gifts in the spirit. That would be a harvest of purpose where God is placing you in a position to operate in the jurisdiction that he's given you the authority to oversee. A harvest of promises is when God is releasing the things that he wants to give you, the things that he has promised you for your life. Jeremiah 32, 19 through 22 says, Great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to the ways of all mankind. 
You reward each person according to their conduct and as their deeds deserve. You perform signs and wonders in Egypt and have continued them to this day in Israel and among all mankind and have gained the renown that is still yours. You brought your people Israel out of Egypt with signs and wonders by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror. You gave them this land you had sworn to give their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. So here it is. This is a harvest of promises. God made a promise to provide something. And based on their stepping into his will, he kept the promise and gave a harvest of those promises to his people. Now, lastly, is the harvest of souls. This is the gathering up of people for the kingdom. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. This is the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this is a gathering up of souls. This is a reaping of the souls that need to be harvested for the kingdom of God. So now that we've talked about types of harvest, let's talk about dimensions of the harvest. You see, the harvest can come in several different ways. But I think... We often think, well, God, you have to send me this money or you have to send this thing directly to me or you have to send the resource for me to pay for this thing myself or you have to send me um, a direct line to gather the harvest. But someone could actually build the harvest for you to reap. There could be someone else who is building a harvest that they will leave for you to reap. A good example of this is Ruth. She received her harvest through her service, her faith, and obedience. Boaz built a harvest for Ruth to reap. Let's look at Ruth 2, 8 through 13. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant. Though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. Through that favor, Boaz purchases all of Naomi's land and also acquires Ruth as his wife, which means that she is reaping the harvest cultivated by Boaz. So I want to give you a more practical example of this. You know, the Lord kind of placed this on my heart. There's been a lot of controversy around Pastor Jamal Bryant leaving um, his church, the church that he planted, Empowerment Temple, 
to come to new birth. Now, he planted that church from the ground up from 47 members all the way to 10,000 members. And I think that people are looking at it and thinking it doesn't make sense for him to completely up and leave his church to come to another church, the church that he started from the ground up. But I just want to recalibrate your thinking about this. What he actually did was he cultivated a harvest at empowerment for someone else to step into. And now he is coming to new birth to cultivate a harvest for himself. So the harvest that whoever is stepping into the ministry that he established is receiving was one that someone else was to cultivate. And so I was also reading um, an article where he was talking about it in the AJC. And he said that he had a message from God and God told him, this is not your church. It belongs to the people. And he said, I had a sense of ownership that had leaped into entitlement. I began to think this empowerment temple is me. But God tapped me on the shoulder and said, hold on, not so fast. He said, I had no reason to leave Baltimore, but. For the prompting of God, he said. And see, this is the pitfall that we fall into so often. We cannot apply carnal understanding to a heavenly harvest. Because if we use our carnal mind, if we use our flesh to look at a thing and try to draw understanding in it, we will miss what God is actually doing. And so we have to be so careful not to speak and move on things in our flesh instead of moving in our spirit. Don't try to hold on to a harvest that does not belong to you because your carnal mind can make sense of it. So the next type of harvest is the harvest that you cultivate. So let's talk about David. David cultivated a harvest over the kingdom of Israel. He became the anointed king and he cultivated a harvest in the land that he was ruler over. And through his worship, his harvest was cultivated. He actually cultivated a generational harvest that was then handed down to his son, He opened the door for his son to build the temple of God, for his son to have greater levels of wisdom. So let's look at Psalm 27. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And we're going to stop there at verse number four, because this is David's worship. David worshiped in multiple different ways. He worshiped through his surrenderance to God. He worshiped through his submission to God. He also worshiped in what we think is our traditional sense of worship, through song, through music, right? But this is David saying, God is the head of everything that I do. He paves the way for me to do everything that I do. And because David was a man after God's own heart, meaning he chased after God's heart, even though he was imperfect, God blessed his kingdom. God allowed him to reap a great harvest so the last dimension of harvest is a harvest that had to be taken 
So a good example of this is Jericho or Canaan. These were lands that had to be conquered and had to be overtaken. So someone else had been cultivating that land and God gave the green light for Joshua to invade and overtake. So those are the three dimensions of harvest. This is why it's important for us to understand all of these things, because without the proper understanding, we cannot respond in the proper way. Walking in the practical will have you believe that you're supposed to cultivate when maybe your harvest is being cultivated by someone else. See, this is a misconception that we have. By moving in the practical, we miss the harvest. You miss conceiving the harvest because you moved in your practical mind and not your spiritual mind. So, you know, when it talks about uh, Onan, it says, Then Judah said to Onan, Sleep with your brother's wife and fulfill your duty to her as a brother-in-law to raise up offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the child would not be his. So whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he spilled his semen on the ground to keep from providing offspring for his brother. What he did was wicked in the Lord's sight. So the Lord put him to death also. So your practical thinking will cause you to spill the seed that was meant to conceive your harvest. Your practical thinking will cause you to spill the seed that was meant to conceive your harvest. We must move in our spiritual discernment to understand when our harvest season is upon us, in what dimension our harvest lies, and what fruit is ripe to be picked. Don't spill your seed. Don't miss your harvest because you are too busy looking through your practicality and not your spirituality. Put on your spiritual glasses, use keen discernment, seek God's face, and reap your Well, that wraps our session for today. I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. I'm so humbled and grateful for the privilege of being used as a vessel by God. And I pray that you have been blessed by the content of this podcast. If you have questions or comments about today's session, please leave a voice recording on the podcast page and I will respond to you. You can also email me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. If you are led, you can sow into the ministry at Cash App, dollar sign Collective Live. And you can find the ministry on Facebook at Collective Live Worship. Remember, you are a spiritual warrior with God-given power and authority. Walk in it. I'm praying for your breakthrough, increase, and abundance. Have a spirit-filled week and tune in next Wednesday. Love you all. Be blessed.